Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week the gaming adventure heads into madness as the Slayer when we take on the demons of Doom Eternal's Ancient Gods DLC and then cool off with a little Pokemon Snap. We've also got news including Death Stranding Director's Cut and a new Smash competitor from Nickelodeon. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. don't think it's ever happened but I was not only caught off guard and taken aback but genuinely surprised by uh, something I learned about a a game this week in one of my favorite series now what series and what game we talking about here um Mega Man and you know I love Mega Man I I own like multiple copies of like all the classic Mega Man games I have all the collections all those I learned of a Mega Man game that I've never heard of, that I could not believe was real. It's it's not. It was never released in the U.S. It, it was only in Japan, and it is for the NES. It is a board game like uh, Wily and and Doctor Wright. That's Paradise. It's called Rock Board, so it would be okay. like Mega Board in the U.S. Yeah, it is a Monopoly looking Mega Man game that I just saw a random picture of the cartridge for on, on Instagram the other day and I'm like, what is Rockboard? <laughs> Rockboard? So it's it's a Monopoly clone. It seems like it's a Monopoly clone. I've I've seen it compared to like Fortune Street, which was like a board game thing that they came out with on the Wii mm-hmm. um that I've never played that had some kind of Square Enix crossover characters with it. But I was so like completely shocked that I've never heard about this. So I was doing some research on it and I found out that there was potentially an, an English release that was planned and then canceled, and then it was like rumored to be on Legacy Collection One, but then that didn't ever happen. And now I'm just—I watched a little bit of gameplay of it on on uh, YouTube, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of <laughs> cool for a little like Monopoly NES game, a little Mega Man game with some power ups and classic characters and stuff like that. Now I'm just sad that we don't see, have Rockboard. In see, the US. see. We don't we don't have Rockboard, but we did get that Mega Man soccer game, didn't we? We did. I think I did we? I forget about that one too. Like yeah. that's another one that like kind of surprises me that it exists, but I know of it. Come on, why did they bring that series back? Yeah, bring back Mega Man Soccer and just make it like Mario Strikers Charged. So yeah. I'm just a little baffled that I've not even heard of this. I mean it's not like it's like hidden or anything, See, but there's a Mega Man game out there that I haven't played. Now, now my question is, is there an American game that the Japanese don't know about that's part of a series that never released over there? Uh, I highly doubt it, but if I remember correctly, uh, Advance Wars Days of Ruin might not have been released in Japan. That's the, the one on the Nintendo DS, the second mm-hmm. one on the DS. Um, apparently, it came out uh, in 2013 for... The 3DS in Japan as a as a platinum status reward for a digital copy, but I don't believe the original 08 version of Days of Ruin ever came out in Japan. So I guess they did get it eventually. So okay, that's like the closest I can come to like oh no, 
the U.S. or, like, EU got something that Japan didn't get. But, yeah, I'm just like, now I want them to local Capcom, <laughs> hello. Localize this <laughs> rock board. Turn it into mega board. Let me play it. Put it on Switch Online. I'll play it. I mean, they put they put in Japanese games on the online, so they could do it. Yeah, they've done that, but then Japan's uh, Nintendo Switch Online, the Famicom Online app, has things like Shin Megami Tensei, which we're obviously not going to get unless Atlas wanted to translate it or something. But, man, <laughs> Rockboard. Now I just want to play Rockboard, dude. I've been thinking about it all week. I think I learned about it, like, right after we recorded last week, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> Anyhow. Welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, a weekly podcast gaming adventure. I'm Daniel. I'm here as always with the one and only Robert. And how have you been this past week, man? Everything being normal. Feeling pretty good today. How have you feeling? Pretty good myself. There wasn't a lot of news coming into this week until there was, so we do have a few things to talk about. But before we get to that, I think some prominent news would be something I just read about in that the company... Uh, edible arrangements, you know, those people that make, like, the arrangements of, like, fruits and, like, chocolate-dipped fruits and they make it look all pretty and everything? Yeah. They have uh, revealed some Mario Kart-themed edible arrangements. They're, like, flowered arrangements and, like, there's, like, chocolate-covered strawberries with, like, Mario Kart items on it and there's, like, a, a, a bouquet of fruits called the Rainbow Road Arrangement. I always appreciate when they do weird stuff like this. Um, like, I, I remember we talked about the whole meal for the, the Justice League movie, like the Mother Box meal, but if you look in the Discord chat, <laughs> All right. they just showed this stuff for Mario Kart that you could buy. It's very expensive, but it okay. looks kind of cool. Okay. okay. I like the There's happy like birthday cookies one. cookies and fruit. <laughs> So, what I'm seeing is there's one that, one is like Mario Celebration where it comes like Happy Birthday. The other one comes with the Mario theme, but with flowers. Yeah. So, I guess these are like gifts that you can get for different occasions. But yeah. Flowers and Mario Kart seems like a an interesting combo, but you know, if your friends or family are into games, this seems like a pretty cool idea. I just kind of like wince at the price because it's more than a game itself, but... I don't know, it looks kind of cute. It's very well presented. I mean, all the princesses are named after a flower. That's true. Because the peach is a flower really, first. Well, peach is... Yeah, peach is a flower mm. first, and then it's a fruit. And then Daisy's obviously a flower. And then Rosalina, you know, Rose. And then yeah. Pauline's... What about Pauline? Pauline. Mm, flowers make Pauline, That's true, Pollen, that's right? true. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I think they're all named after a flower. I don't know if flower. we're onto something here, if we're just... <laughs> Pulling it out of thin air, but you might be onto something. With I might that. be onto something on this one. So here's what I was thinking. I, I was, as always, I think we could do one better. A blast wave the echidna floral arrangement featuring a <laughs> variety of <laughs> a variety of of treats. We could throw in some Reese's white chocolate peanut butter ghosts. Or the new Reese's, the ones that are all peanut butter, which are delicious. The sky's the limit. We can throw in a main mission. See, now now you got the gears turning. What yeah. what could we add? See, now for dessert, what if it's a white chocolate flavored ice cream? Like it's a vanilla ice cream with a white chocolate uh, Reese's peanut butter cup in it. 
And imagine if it had one of those ornament toppers, like the little cake toppers they used to have of, like, characters that you could yeah. kind of. Oh, it, except it was Blast Wave the Echidna. <laughs> Blast Wave. Famous creation of markers on the map. <laughs> OC, do not steal. <laughs> anyway, just wanted to bring that up, because every time we see something like this, the gears start turning when it comes to... I think every time there's a weird product that comes out or an interesting product, I'm like, you know what, we could do one better. Anyway, we do got a little bit of news this week, so why don't we go ahead and get to that. First off, right after we recorded, I believe, last week, there was a state of play. Um, we're gonna have to, we're not going to touch on everything in the state of play. Just a few things I pulled out that I thought would merit a little bit of discussion. First up is this game called Hunter's Arena. It kind of reminds me of for honor but i guess it's like a battle royale quote unquote and there's like i want to say 30 people it it looks kind of interesting um it will be free on plus in august so that's kind of cool i I thought it looked interesting so i was interested in giving that one a shot that one sounds actually pretty interesting but see now with 30 people i rather i kind of notice it too on 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 like even call of duty i don't like big maps I think mm-hmm. I just, most of the time, I'm just running around doing nothing and then, like, a second of, like, gameplay of finding another person and then that's it. So, I do like uh, uh, the idea of a smaller, always consistent action, especially in-game. It's like, you want to be always doing something and not just be running around doing nothing. Yeah. So, I'm assuming the maps aren't going to be too small, but with 30 people, like, of course, there's going to have to be some room, but I don't think it's going to be, like, a giant Fortnite-esque map, and depending on how the Battle Royale mechanics work is, is like, the point where I'm like, well, I like this one, I like this, but I love For Honor for what it is. As we've talked about before, the skill ceiling is very high, but Mm -hmm. this will be easy enough to try being free and all. Anyway. Another thing that they showed at the state of play was that Sifu game. And mm-hmm. if you remember Sifu, it's that one that I thought was like a hallway fight game, but it looked really cool. It's got kind of a cool art style, beat-em-up looking gameplay and all that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is delayed till early oh. next year, 2022. <laughs> but the trailer that they showed was cool, and it showed off this, what I believe will be a gameplay mechanic. So it seemed like every time that your character was knocked out, he would age because mm-hmm. they kept showing him getting knocked out and then it was like age 42, age 44, age 49 or whatever. So it, it seems like the mechanic of this game might be you get older as you get knocked out and maybe that makes it harder or maybe that limits your mobility or limits the moves you can pull off. So I think that's an interesting mechanic. I don't think we've quite seen something like that. It, also, it might be one of those, the older you get, I mean, he's a teacher. That's what a title, like, entails. So, I guess he becomes a grandmaster at that point. Mm. Like, maybe he gets stronger. Yeah, like, if it's, it gets too hard, the older you get actually makes you stronger, so it's a little bit easier. Like, for people who are... And, like, to... maybe you're ranked based on how young you are by the time the game is finished. They really didn't have any, like, description for it. Yeah, like, probably be like, oh, I did it one, you know, full playthrough, you know, kept him young and all that and there's one that's like purposely get him to like the oldest he can it'll be interesting to see I, i'm like really curious about this one because every time they show it it looks really cool so i thought it was sleeping dogs and then i was like no it's a like i mean i love that game but oh. i mean i like this one too though it looks good yeah it, it's like a take your arcade beat em ups make them a third person thing 
So yeah. it's probably got a lot of the same DNA as something like a Streets of Rage, stuff like that. Anyway, another thing that they showed that I'm not, like, I just want to use it to bring up that I'm watching Demon Slayer. But there's a Demon Slayer PS5 game coming out of the massively uh, popular anime Demon Slayer. I guess it's coming out for PS5 and PS4. I Like I said, I mostly just don't know anything about that, but I wanted to bring it up because I just wanted to slide in there that I was <laughs> watching Demon Slayer. I mean, I've only seen the movie, so... I, I need to watch the movie, but I'm going <laughs> to watch the show first. <laughs> I, I, I was so confused watching the movie. I didn't, I've never seen the show, so... Yeah, I, and I guess the movie is canon, so... <laughs> yeah. It's like hopping in on the second season or so. Anyway... More interesting than that for the state of play, though, was the new trailer for Lost Judgment. This is, of course, the sequel to Judgment. It's in the Yakuza universe. Judging by what I saw, it seems like it might partially take place in uh, Yokohama, where mm-hmm. Like a Dragon took place. But the trailer really highlighted a lot of the cool and funny elements of gameplay. Like, there's like a rhythm game that you can do. Uh, there's a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater-esque skateboarding game you can do. You could walk the dog in Lost Judgment, it looks like. Uh, so every time one of these games gets shown, they, like, up the stakes. Like, every time a, a Yakuza series game gets shown, it's like, we gotta make this bigger and better and crazier than ever before. And I'm honestly just... I don't want to play Lost Judgment until I've played the first, but it's making it so hard not to just go pre-order it right now on the <laughs> PSN. I mean, it's always been the the series where the story, the main story is always serious, but the side stuff and just like I guess explaining certain things why it's that it's just like why it's a certain way is just always a comedic way. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing about that series as a whole is that the stories are always very dire, very serious, grim, violent affairs. But then the side content is like, yeah, Yakuza like a dragon. You're fighting a tiger, and then you're fighting a monkey who is piloting a like a a crane stuff like that yeah and you're doing karaoke the 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 karaoke in like a dragon is amazing because they they english dubbed the songs and the voice actors sang them and it's (laughs) it's a good time but judgment will continue that beat-em-up gameplay style of the original six yakuza games and of course the first judgment Whereas we know Yakuza as a series going forward will continue the tradition of turn-based that Like a Dragon started. So here's our action-based Yakuza game. And Death Stranding finally got its actual trailer for the PS5 edition. Um, Immediately, the best part about this is that (laughs) this upgrade path is $10 for PS4 owners. Yeah. And it gives you the digital deluxe edition of Death Stranding Director's Cut. See, now, tell me how I told you how you've been trying to make me play that game. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I was putting it off, but I was just like, I, I'll get to it. And then I told you, the second I buy it physical, they're going to release it for the PS5. Put it this way. It is only going to be a $10 upgrade path. Yeah. Versus having it. to buy the whole thing for 60 again. Yeah, I only paid... It's 20 so then it's like it's only realistically 30 for the whole package so mm-hmm. in some way shape or form i will death stranding into the 60 frames that's all i'm saying true you did you did will it in i and and i willed it in too let's take <laughs> let's say we both willed it in for as long as we've been talking about this now there's um, just one more one more game that just needs a 60 frames patch. yeah one more game that's that's really getting on my nerves lately <laughs> oh for you it's two 
but one's already out. You're just waiting for it. But one of them just have to announce it. Wait, what's the other one? I was thinking Red Dead. You're thinking you have Witcher. That's oh, a new, Witcher. That one's yeah, confirmed, but you're waiting Witcher. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm still waiting on Witcher. It should like according to WitcherCon, it's still coming this year. So, um, yeah, Witcher, Red Dead Two, Ghosts of Tsushima, and Death Stranding are already they're already like yeah. they're coming out August for Ghost uh, and September for for this. Uh, new battles are teased with new combat mechanics. There's an upgraded melee, a maser gun, and mounted machine guns, as well as a firing range. So it seems like they're injecting a little more combat into Death Stranding, which is not a very combat-heavy game. Um, there are certain sections of combat, but a lot of it can be tackled with stealth, and a lot of it's not very hard. Um, so it's interesting to see that they're putting a little more emphasis on the combat, but what intrigues me more is the additional delivery support options. So there's a cargo catapult. This, I feel like, might be a double-edged sword, unless there's some kind of wrapping or container you can put your cargo in so that it doesn't get broken when you shoot it out of the catapult, because it would seem like such a Death Stranding thing for the catapult to damage the cargo. There's also a new support skeleton. Uh, as players of Death Stranding will know, skeletons are really cool things that either help you carry more or move faster in the snow while you're carrying a lot of stuff. So the support skeleton is going to be cool. Um, there was always buddy bots in Death Stranding that you can send out on little missions that they'll go do deliveries for you. They'll usually not do them very well, giving you a C rank or a D rank. But now you can run alongside a buddy bot. You can also ride the buddy bot and move really fast. And there's a jump ramp, which will help for crossing large, you know, <laughs> large chasms. And at the same time, I'm also worried about cargo being damaged coming off of jump ramps. Like, anything in that game will start damaging your cargo if you're playing on, like, normal or above. Like, the rain, of course, that'll damage your cargo. Bumping around, falling, tripping on a rock, it'll start breaking your cargo. So... I'm, I'm a little concerned with the jump ramp, but I, I already have spaces in the game in mind where I would want to build one. <laughs> I mean, I'm still... It's just like you're so looking forward to this Death Stranding, all this at stuff they're adding, but I barely even, like, got back to playing it. So I'm still just, like, figuring out the basics of it until I get all the... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's like, do I want to wait just for the 60 frames and then just do everything over again? I'm not that far it, into it. It might be worth it. I mean, it's a yeah. fun game to learn, and why not learn it when the the update comes out and have access to all the new stuff? Yeah. Is, is how I kind of feel about it. But it's such an interesting game to learn. It's like learning how to walk, colon, the game, where at the beginning you're kind of like tripping on everything, and then you you figure out how to keep his balance, and you get new things and new to- It's like a game of constant progression, not just in story, but in walking and movement mobility you can set up tethers and like zip lines around everything it's really cool having a little network um they're also adding fragile circuit which looks like a kart racing mode and (laughs) new story missions which is exciting because as crazy complicated and wild as the story of death stranding is it's very very good i think (laughs) i'm a big fan anyway they also showed some death loop gameplay um, it's like a 10-minute portion of it, so we kind of know how that's going to work. I hate to say it, but it looks a little too stealth and setup heavy for me. Deathloop, if it's too much on the stealth, is not like Dishonored, where Dishonored actually does give you the option to do whatever you want. 
it the it thing just feels is like what they showed it's like there's a way to approach a situation and it seems so slow what they showed was a little slow for me even though the style of it looked really cool and the trailers have been cool it's just there's something about the gameplay that they showed that didn't quite grab me i i've i've played dishonored i kind of went both i kind of was like stealth and just like don't do whatever i want just kind of going at it but the thing is that the game does reward you if you do more stealth you know it's a lot easier yeah. so it's probably what they're going for but i still think they should give the option to still do whatever you want but i don't know it might not be what you think is one of those where it might not be what you think it might be like stealth heavy so that's just to keep in mind it seems like a lot of stealth and setup maybe a little bit of a roguelike element but it's not I don't think it's necessarily a roguelike. I think you'll loop, of course, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be like Returnal. But I was just watching it, and I was like, I wish kind of that they would make a game that looks like Deathloop, but plays like Doom Eternal. But then I guess you're just getting Doom Eternal with a different skin. So um, props to Arcane, I believe, doing something a bit different and unique. It's a very nice-looking game, a very stylish game. I'm personally either going to skip it or play it at a at a discount. I, I just just the what they showed didn't didn't grab me and there's so much other stuff coming this year. So if you wanna see ten minutes of death loop, go check out the state of play. I think I think the setup is also what's kinda like putting me down to it too. I don't mind the stealth, but having to set up in a certain way. Yeah, it just seemed like yeah. I don't like the, the fact that like stealth never grabs me. I don't like waiting yeah. around. Um, that's why I like Ghost of Tsushima a lot because you can choose. There's only like one or two missions with forced stealth, and it makes narrative sense. But otherwise, it never says, "Oh, you got to use stealth here," except for those instances. You are getting to choose and go on the upgrade path you want, and the game doesn't really punish you for going either way. It doesn't really narratively change everything because the two times you need to use stealth, you do. So, with that being said. We got a few other little things this week. Quick little bites. One of them is Xbox tweeted that beating the game on the lowest difficulty is still beating the game. I agree with that. And like right after that, Double Fine announced that Psychonauts 2 will have an invincibility toggle. And I think this is something that more games should have. As far as accessibility and enjoyment goes, this should be an option in more games. Anyway. Final Fantasy XIV has gotten so popular lately that they stopped selling the digital copies because the servers are getting overwhelmed. That's interesting. How do you stop selling a digital copy? I think they just had to stop selling digital copies on their site because I think the servers are getting crowded. I think a lot of like World of Warcraft players are migrating over to Final Fantasy XIV. There's a new expansion coming out. It's getting very popular. It's very highly regarded. I'd love to play it if I had the time to dedicate to it because i've tried and it's a it's a commitment um Mm -hmm. but it's just interesting to see something like this take off even years after it came out uh endwalker is the new expansion there's a ps5 version of final fantasy 14 that's either in beta or coming out soon now we got some persona news oh we do got some persona news over here Persona is kicking off its 25th anniversary celebration. They've got seven projects to announce, and it seems like they've all but confirmed P6 with uh, protagonist and maybe cover and color reveal coming sometime in September-ish, I want to mm-hmm. say. is 
may or yeah. may not happen in September, but something's happening in September. Oh. Something's at least dropping September. Is it P6? The chances of it? Pretty likely. It's like it's pretty high, but you never know. It could just be P5. Instead of R, it's P5X. Oh, God. Like, I would, I would of course, buy another copy of P5, <laughs> especially if they ever made it run at 60. Um, but that's just me. Anyway, I'm super hyped for this. I'm not going to get, like, as excited as I want to because I know whenever Persona 6 gets announced, it's still mm-hmm. going to be a ways off. Yeah. Um, I remember it took four years for persona 5 to get announced and released in the u.s is about a four-year wait uh so to to say this isn't going to come out for a bit is an understatement it's probably not going to come out for a while Um, i'm hoping for a few things i'm hoping for a shake-up to the formula not in terms of gameplay but in terms of plot i'm i'm hoping for an older cast and maybe a different like unifying theme but i'm not going to make any speculation about that uh we'll just let that happen as it comes now nickelodeon the Mad Men, have announced mm-hmm. a smash bros game or we'll call it all stars brawl which is like playstation all stars and smash bros brawl except nickelodeon now i don't know about you but this seems like a smash bros killer to me uh, i don't know about you did did you know that this is part of a already existing franchise w- wait which one the Nickelodeon one. Yeah. Is is I didn't know that it was part of an existing franchise on the on the uh Nickelodeon like uh, website. Wait, there's a Nickel there's another Nickelodeon fighting game? Yeah, I think like those flash games that like you know like oh, back in the day like, like, those like old yeah, I think ones. even like I even think Cartoon Network had one, but I think this is part of like an already existing franchise on that. that I feel they like already- Cartoon Network had one. Yeah. Flash games used to be really cool. Like, I remember they had, like, a Dragon Ball Z one that was, like, a 2D fighter back in the day on, like, the Toonami website and stuff like that. It's weird. Um, but, man, the roster in this. Let's let's get into the roster. Powdered yeah. Toast Man. Deepest cut <laughs> I think I've ever seen. And uh, who else? We got Nigel Thornberry, the Madman. Madman. Oblina. Which means you gotta have Ickis and Crumb. Come on, you can't have all real monsters with just Oblina. I mean, you gotta have... You got Reptar. That's true, they did have Reptar. They have Zim Helga. for Vader Zim. Yeah, they got Zim. It looked like they have Gur. Man, there's a lot here. They have the Loud House kid, right? Lincoln? Yeah. I'm looking at characters that they didn't show. I'm like, mm-hmm. where's my Jenny from Teenage Robot? Or, like, Skeeter's brother, Dale. You know, the little one that goes, from Doug. Oh, okay. I remember him. Not really, because I don't I didn't watch Doug. But, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think Aang and uh, the other Avatar characters will be in. Like, Toph. I'm a big fan of Toph. Hopefully. There's a couple. See, what what other deep? I'll call, obviously, SpongeBob's in it. There's no question about that. He's yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he'll be in, in the it. He's in the trailer. Um but yeah, XJ9, some of the Avatar cast would be fine. Who who uh, who would be a Nickelodeon deep cut? Fanboy and Chum Chum, come on now. Can't have a smash game from Nickelodeon without Fanboy and Chum Chum. We got to have Jimmy Neutron. We got to have Jimmy Neutron. Boy genius, of course. The boy genius himself. <laughs> Actually, I'd rather have Carl Weezer because you know what happens when you have Carl Weezer? You got Rob Paulson. Bruh. <laughs> 
I saw a joke that someone made about the roster, and they add they added George Lopez from, from Nick at Night. Oh yeah, because that the did air. Like, then they could add a bunch possible. of. They could like like Dragon Ball Z Kai airing on Nickelodeon. Put Goku in it Nickelodeon. Did. If he can't be in Smash, then we'll put him in Nickelodeon Smash. Darn it! <laughs> Isn't SpongeBob like one of the most requested like Smash Bros characters? But they said no because he's not a game. It's like he was a show first. I've not heard that he's one of the most requested. I personally wouldn't. <laughs> I personally like if he had to be in, just make it a me costume or something. We we got to use our final slot for Smash Bros for something crazy like a like a a, a Buck Bumble or a, a Rocky Road and a Bubsy lever a Gex. It'll, it'll, it'll be it'll be a Gex a fire is gonna emblem happen. Character. I bet it'll be a Fire Emblem character. Listen, Gex is in that golf game, the Hot Shots Golf for PS One. Okay. Canonically, well, he will be in Smash Bros. We'll, That's we'll the see. logical step from Hot Shots. <laughs> but off track, going back to Nickelodeon. What about um, Kablam? Those two, like those two kids from like drawing characters from Kablam. Oh, Kablam! You Kablam. could do Action League now. Oh, Action they had League a... now! Come on now. What if? Hear me out. Agro Crag was a stage. Oh my god! Oh my god! Now, now like, this Agro is Crack could be a stage, but Mike O'Malley could be a playable character. Think about anything from Nickelodeon. It could be. Oh, was it? Was it? What's her name? Ellerby. What? What was her name? She did like the Nick News. Linda Ellerby. Oh, Lin- Linda. Linda Ellerby. <laughs> put her. Put her in the Nickelodeon game. Oh man, and we could have like the Dancing Lobster from the Amanda Show. Oh, or man. Spencer from iCarly. The possible listen to me. The possibilities. It's, uh, it's endless. Have Blast Wave, the Echidna. Blast Wave was Sonic. As no, Sonic was never character. on Nickelodeon. No, Sonic was on Disney. I GT believe, like, Disney back. In I the think day. GT premiered on Nicktoons. No, GT was on Cartoon Network. I remember it premiering on Nicktoons with like Kai, the original. Run- yeah, they had Toon Kai, Night. and I think they showed GT. But, what I'm saying yeah, is that they could put GT, was originally to- GT Goku in that one. And they could put Baby in. And Pan. <sighs> they could put put all the good parts of GT in, the, in that one. I have this wild idea where Masahiro Sakurai could do Mr. Sakurai Presents uh, like a character from Nick- like a Smash Bros. presentation except it's one of the Nickelodeon Smash Bros. characters because this is this is for sure going to have some DLC with the way See, it's been received lately. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that it's all fun and games until Nickelodeon asks if they could borrow a Cartoon Network character and then the, the gates are open to anything at that point. Oh. It'll be like... Open those gates, know, Nick. <laughs> the gates open and they get like... Johnny Bravo is in, is in Nick's in Nick's you know Nick Brawl, and then next thing you know you got a whole roster of Cartoon Network characters. Oh it, boy! Come on, combine it all, just make it one big franchise. This is something we will definitely be following. Anyway, few last little things. Ghostwire Tokyo's unfortunately been delayed. That's Ikumi Nakamura's. Uh, I think she worked on it. Um, I don't know if she's still working on it. That really cool looking uh, first person PS5 game from Bethesda. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that, but it is delayed till next year. Fall Guys has announced Big Streamus for July 19th to show off Season 5 Jungle Adventure. So we'll definitely have some Fall Guys updates for you here pretty soon. And the good people at Fangamer have revealed 
the Bunger Plush from Bug Snacks. Oh, I did. Oh, I want this. I want this too. Want it, need it, gotta have it. Yeah, I believe we saw a tweet from the uh, person who made this a while back, and I was like, you know, young horses and fan gamers should get on this, and I, I believe it's the same person. So this is gonna be a very high quality Bunger plush. And uh, if you haven't played Bug Snacks, just know that Bunger is one of the best. And also, there's Barbecue Bunger, uh, and he just goes around saying Bunger and chases only after ketchup. Like one other like creature i think that that's just on the same level of bunger picantis picantis i love picantis <laughs> he just goes around he's just like P- P- picantis. and you go up to him he just says picantis picantis is like the megazord of bug snacks being like five was it bug snacks paleta was it one of them was it one of them paleta the one, oh one yeah of, like, the, the popsicle <laughs> yeah the popsicle paleta yeah i love that i love I like that honestly snacks. i would want a sequel Yes, make a sequel. Make a sequel. It'll get a sequel. I, 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 I would want a sequel. Here. It was a fun game. And if you're interested in hearing our thoughts on Bug Snacks way back last year, we did an episode all about it. So go ahead and listen to that if you haven't. Anyway, one last thing here. You mm-hmm. know what it is. What we episode got here? 47. You know what it is. It's a Nintendo Direct rumor. Ooh, I do like one of those. This one's sponsored by Markers on the Map Presents Trial by Energy Drink, and this week's flavor is Rip and Tear Berry. It's called Shark'em Up. The sea is in great danger. Friends both natural and unnatural have launched an attack, and only one fearsome group of heroes can save the day. It's a new vertical scrolling shoot-em-up for the Nintendo Switch. It's Shark'em Up! Blast through hundreds, no, thousands of enemies as you devastate the waters with a variety of weapons and abilities. Take on an octopus armada or the devastating mech suits of hunters. Face off against war submarines bent on destroying the shark uprising, or even whales outfitted with psychic headbands to turn even the friendliest creatures of the sea into deadly foes. Dodge millions of projectiles, headed your way in screen-filling encounters against wave after wave of aquatic life and man-made monstrosity, and challenge gigantic bosses only capable with the Nintendo Switch's almighty vertical mode. But enough about your enemies. Let's talk characters and powers. In Shark'em Up, take control of your favorite sharks across all manner of media. Each shark starts with a projectile attack and only gets wilder from there. Bruce from Jaws himself summons laser harpoons to his side to blast enemies from three areas, upgrade to ricochet lasers from one enemy to another, and build up a chain for his almighty melee thrash. Bruce from Nemo brings the pain by summoning turtles who launch into enemies with a powerful homing attack, collecting power-ups dropping by those who dare stand in your way. Charge up for a special move where Bruce and his shark friends fill the screen and do an almighty spin to clear or whatever blocks your path. Jabberjaw delights by spawning random cartoon favorites to his side, each with smaller yet devastating abilities. Feel like blasting enemies with rocks to knock them around? Collect a Fred Flintstone power-up. Or cut through your foes with a never-ending laser stream with a George Jetson power-up, and I ain't talking about hard times. Jabberjaw's cartoon friends come to assist in over 30 different cameos. Try to find them all, and charge his special skill for a vocal blast of pure chaos to send enemies hurling through the water, particularly effective against bosses. Even Ripster from Street Sharks gets in on the action, and as he powers up, his three brothers join his side. But the right side looks a little lonely, so we've got Kenny the Shark here, deepest cut, to help. 
With so much raw firepower bursting from his team of five, you'd wonder why they call him Street Sharks and, and Kenny instead of the Power Rangers and Kenny. Charge up for the most radical blast of 90s energy and edge the world has ever and will ever see. True 90s Marvel vibes. Unlock skins and variants for your underwater forces of nature. Take on escalating difficulty levels and raise your ranks on the online leaderboards over many different gameplay modes, including story mode, where you're challenged to 30 levels as you level up your character to make the ultimate underwater apex predator. Arcade, where you can have three sharks to get you through a selection of six levels of remix difficulty. Or online co-op. Yes, you heard me right, online co-op, so that you and a friend can conquer the depths together. It's Shark'em Up, taking a bite out of the Nintendo Switch. This, this is, I like this. This is something else. Shark games, are no, they're pretty niche genre, but they're pretty good for me. I, I like a good shoot 'em up. It's Shark Week, of course, and what a what a rumor for Shark Week! Like bringing some of our favorite sharks from animation and media. I'm sure King Shark from Suicide Squad will show up, but I'm also liking the inventiveness of like having the turtles show up on Bruce's side to be like his power up, like mini ships in in a shoot 'em up. You know. Those games where you have to dodge thousands of projectiles raining down at you. You've got a little tiny circle that acts as like your hit marker and everything. So what a novel concept for a game like this. I mean this shark I mean, honestly, Shark Week should be Shark Month, you know? Give a shark I like sharks. They should you know they should get a whole I month. Know. But come on, cause you know, they're pretty they're pretty cool fish. But for a, a shoot up, this might be interesting. I haven't seen one themed after sharks. Yeah, we've got not too many shark games. There's the Jaws game for the PS2. There's mm-hmm. Man Eater, but we've not seen a game in the genre. Like, not a lot of shoot 'em ups like this come out, especially these vertical ones. Like, you've got them. They're usually having to do with spaceships and aliens and everything. But we don't have one, I believe, as far as I can tell, that takes place underwater with, you know, mechanized human armor things and crazy psychokinetic esper fish and whales start attacking sharks so this seems just like some just fever dream of a game almost but i'm actually very excited for it i'm i'm, I'm imagining this shows up at the next direct myself what other sharks like what other shark could they put in it uh besides king shark they could yeah. do the shark from man eater what other sharks are there in media that they could be represented in this? That they could add shark to this? from Transformers. Well, that's true. There's one I was thinking of that I'm completely missing. See, I'm telling you, there's something that we're missing. They should do the shark that was they they had the JB Smoove and Brad Paisley go shark diving special. <laughs> they Ooh. should put one of those sharks in. <laughs> what about what about bigger jaws? Oh, bigger jaws, <laughs> Robo jaws. This could Robo be like Jaws. the Godzilla Cinematic Universe, except sharks. It could be, yeah. I don't mind that, honestly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. It's been a long time since we had some good arcadey fun and not like a live service-esque uh, rumor coming out. So it gets an A in my book, as far as rumors go. Yeah. Anyway, played a little bit of games this week. Let me let me get this out of the way. I've been yeah. talking about this for two whole weeks now. The Neo The World Ends With You demo. I'll make it quick. Neo The World Ends With You is a new sequel to the original. I believe it's a sequel. Uh, the original was on the Nintendo DS. They ported it to iOS and the Switch. Those versions weren't as great. Uh, but the catch with it was that you played as two characters. One was buttons, one was touchscreen. 
Um, obviously, you can't do that on Neo, so they've assigned your characters uh, to buttons. So basically, the gameplay is you attach a pin that doesn't attack to a button, and one pin to a character, they'll start attacking whenever you press that button. There's a small cooldown, and you can alternate between the characters to uh, build up combos, which lands in like devastating super moves. Um, the core gameplay is it's very similar in that you go into like a mind reading mode and you chain up battles and then you'll fight one battle i think you can chain as many as you want although i could be wrong about that um and the more uh you fight in a row the better your rewards will be um world ends with you has always let you decrease your level for better rewards or start messing with your stats like that um, it's very stylish. The demo does a great job. I encourage anyone listening to go play the demo. It's out on uh, Switch and PS4. Uh, it's it's going to do a good job of introducing you to the world. Basically, it's two people are in this thing called the Reapers game, and they can see people, but people can't see them. And there's a really nice cast of characters. I do got to say, I'm going to hold off on getting it on release day because... Uh, it's July 27th, that means Great Ace Attorney and Samurai Warriors 5 is, they're both coming out on the same day as this, and I just don't want this to be bogged down by me enjoying, like, Samurai Warriors or anything, but if you have the, if you have the console, go ahead and try the demo, it's a smooth 60 on the PS4, it, it can really speak for itself, but I know I've been talking about it for, like, two weeks now, so I just wanted to touch on it, it's a great demo, it's a very lengthy demo, um, I, think it took me like three sessions of maybe half an hour to, to get through and i didn't even do everything you could so it gives you access to a, a pretty good amount of content so there's that yeah there's that <laughs> that's anyway. that's over with two weeks now done and it's weird I, i've been looking forward to a sequel to this game but i i really gotta hold off on it because i've been in a warrior's mood lately and <laughs> so anyway bigger thing i wanted to talk about this week was doom eternals ancient gods dlc you know i kind of started talking about a little last week but we ran out of time this week i'll get a little in depth with it and this is not to say we won't come back to doom eternal proper on the on the show uh in the future but for right now uh i'll just talk about the dlc and what's new um first things first both dlcs uh every encounter is crazier than anything in the main game and that includes bosses uh there are some encounters in this dlc that take like 15 minutes honestly or at least that's what it feels like enemies coming at you like rain almost constantly spawning uh so the big changes that the dlc does is it throws in new types to kind of shake up your playstyle. um one of the more controversial enemies in doom eternal is the marauder and the Marauder is an enemy that has a shield that can only be stunned and then attacked when, like, his axe flashes green. So it's a very challenging enemy for people and definitely a thorn in some people's sides. People have quit the game when the Marauders show up because it seems almost impossible at, at, at the beginning to just not run out of ammo against this thing. And you really have to use the super shotgun or the shotgun to do, like, any remote like stand a chance basically um so the dlc has parts where you're fighting two of them at once it has enemies that are turrets that can only really be successfully dealt with easily by using the sniper mode of the uh, assault rifle it's got enemies that have armor that has to be melted by the uh like plasma beam 
it has enemies that possess enemies and uh, makes them very strong and very hard to deal with. And once you defeat that enemy, it will emerge and you have to defeat it with the microwave beam, which is a weapon that you really don't use a lot. Um, it's kind of like a Luigi's Mansion-esque thing where you're basically sending a wave of electricity and plasma through the ghost. There are enemies that can only be dealt with using the shotgun's full auto mode. And there <laughs> are enemies that are completely uh, invincible until they reveal a weak point and then they're just defeated instantly when you hit that weak point. So what the Doom Eternal DLC does, and as frustrating as it can get, even on easy, I appreciate that those weapon mods that you didn't use a lot of in Doom Eternal like the microwave beam or the full auto or the sniper mode of the assault rifle are put into play much more frequently it's forcing you to kind of i wouldn't say forcing it's encouraging you to change the way you've approached the game like it's it's making it so that those weapon mods you collected all those upgrades for in the main game don't feel useless like i would have never used the sniper mod in in the in the proper main game but in i'm always using it in in the dlc and i've not i don't think i've used the uh, like the rocket burst thing for it at all in this DLC because you want to use that sniper mode a little more. So uh, plot-wise, it's about what you'd expect for Doom Eternal or it's it's what you'd expect for Doom Guy taking on like <laughs> the ancient gods and the Dark Lord and all that. It's more Doom Eternal. It's really what it is. It's, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it is taking that wheel and giving it some fresh changes it's it's very brisk even though the first level of each of the dlcs took about two hours um it's a very nice story the final boss eh. if you don't like fighting marauders you're not gonna like fighting the final boss because it's basically like a 25 minute fight against the giant marauder so i guess that's a complaint but overall i'd say like especially with the ray tracing enabled the doom internal's been on it lately like that's something i i gotta keep installed I mean, DLC wise, and all that. The only th I think the now here's the, is the DLC separate from the main story, or do you have to beat the main story in order to get to the DLC? The DLC can actually be played separately from the main story. Okay, and it, you don't have to unlock anything. You have everything pre-unlocked. Yeah, all so weapons, like, all upgrades, all mods, all mobility. Imagine if you had to have your already existing finished data to in order to unlock DLC, but. It didn't didn't work with that with PS5, right? Like none of the, your data from PS4 to PS5. Transferred. Yeah, you you couldn't transfer your your data over, which is why I was always happy that Ancient Gods yeah. was like a separate thing. Like you were able at a point to buy it separately from Doom Eternal if you wanted. I don't know what they were kind of thinking with that because it's so much harder than than anything in the base game. So it would probably take someone for a surprise if Ancient Gods was their first experience yeah. with Doom. <laughs> No, yeah, okay, so that's a good that's a good plot point. Yeah, um, I will say that there is some challenges called Escalation in the second DLC, which has probably the toughest encounters in the entire uh, series, where you go through a non-optional wave of enemies and then an optional one. Of course I did it. I wanted the skins. Um, but it's just constant, like, marauders spawning, the toughest enemies spawning, everything coming at you from every side it's and and the, with the brisk pace of how doom eternal looks and feels when you're playing it it's hard not to get dizzy and i just found myself like laughing out of nowhere at how just 
crazy everything on my screen got like hit the flame belch and like green armor shards will start splashing all over the screen or use the chainsaw to get ammo and the skittles explosion of madness will just blast everywhere and i heard that the i have not played the new master level yet because i've not got a complete file on the ps5 version but i heard it's even crazier than the <laughs> dlc so oh doom eternal probably the best single player fps i've ever played I mean, Doom's probably, without a doubt, one of the best FPS ever made. Anyway, before we wrap up this week, shall I, finally, after months, just quickly go over new Pokemon Devil May Cry? (laughs) Oh, okay, never mind. Oh, I've been playing Devil May Cry 4, (laughs) but I would love to talk about that, but it's going to have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Look, after months of waiting, Devil May Cry, no Pokemon Snap. Uh... We also got to talk about a uh, Black Ops Four here at some point, but I, I yeah, th- we're still playing Black Ops Four, but I'm done with New Pokemon Snap and just wanted to just extend this episode a little teeny tiny bit because I wanted to make yes. sure that I finally got this one taken uh, care of. Uh, New Pokemon Snap, I obviously there's not much I can say. It's Pokemon Snap. You are taking pictures. Uh, it's got an interesting couple of mechanics. Uh, one of them is the Illumina Orb, where you throw it and it'll do certain things to Pokemon. It'll light them up. It'll make the Illumina Pokemon do interesting things. Uh, you can throw a Fluff Fruit, which is not an apple because it doesn't. It's not hard at a Pokemon to get their attention. They might react in certain ways, and it's a beautiful game that does a lot with a little. Um, also, there's like a music thing, but I haven't really figured out many of the uses for that. Uh, but it's visually very impressive uh one of the better presentations of a pokemon game uh in recent memory at least there's a pretty decent selection of pokemon i'm very partial to badoof as we know and he's front and center in a lot of the opening areas what i don't necessarily like is the level of grinding required to level up your islands because as you level up the areas you will get access to more pokemon or more routes to take pictures on it's a little grind heavy i don't think i've reached level three with any of the islands and i don't necessarily plan on doing that anytime soon but it, it does a good job of pushing you through the content. It's chill. I don't care about the plot or the music. or I mean, I guess mm-hmm. the music's fine, but I just listen to a podcast when I'm playing it. It's easy to grasp. The, the mechanics are simple. Taking pictures is fun. Uh, you can edit any pictures. You can do, put stickers or text or filters on. What I really think was a misstep for me, though, and this kind of reminds me of the, the biggest feature of Mario Golf, Super Rush was the biggest misstep in that game. The, mm-hmm. the biggest feature in this is the Illumina Pokemon. But they're in areas where they're the only Pokemon that show up. Like your Meganium or Wishiwashi. They're only in... They're the only Pokemon in that area. So you spend a whole lot of time just taking pictures of the same Pokemon trying to get them to react to the Illumina Orb. I thought that was a misstep and maybe that they should have been kind of imposed into the the areas with the other pokemon so you can see how they react but they were treated as all oh this is a special level where we only have the one pokemon uh to to take a picture of and i thought that's kind of like that the amount of grinding you need to level those areas up it's like i'm not gonna play these again 
I have no interest in just taking a picture of the same Pokemon with no other Pokemon to interact with. So I've not gone into the Illumina levels again, so I don't know if Pokemon get added. Like maybe they do, and I'll have to I'll definitely report back if that's something that happens. But I think that's a pretty big misstep, at least the first go round through those levels. Overall, it's it's a chill game. It's gonna I would encourage you, listener not to expect anything besides Pokemon Snap going into it. It's not reinventing the wheel or anything, but it's pretty chill time. I like Pokemon. Is Bidoof in it? Yeah. Alright, game of the year. Anything with Bidoof in this game of the year. (laughs) That means Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake for the Switch. Game of the year. And that Pokemon Arceus that's coming out in January has Bidoof, which means 2022 game of the year, Pokemon Legends Arceus. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Any, anything with Badoof? Oh, I want that Badoof plush. Oh yeah, Badoof plush. That, I know they what, have a new one from back in Badoof day. What is Badoof? Is he a is he a beaver? He's the plump mouse. We like we went over. He's a plump mouse, but he's basically a beaver. He has okay, all the characteristics say. and behaviors of a beaver. Yeah, it's like he's he's in for Pokemon sure Snap, a, a you beaver. Could just, take a little picture of him carrying his little twigs sometimes there's like a marching line of badoofs and sometimes they're just frolicking along and oh uh, they'll get scared by a, a dodrio that's running by they'll be like oh no, let's re- retreat into the badoof uh cave so i like badoof basically the only thing pokemon snap is missing is blast wave the echidna yeah pretty much <laughs> and while we're at that uh there's some games we'll have to <laughs> shelf until next time but we'll get to them Especially Devil May Cry. I don't know how long you've been waiting for that. (laughs) Anyway. That's going to be a while. I mean, we'll see. (laughs) Anyhow, would you say we handled one? Yeah, I think that should wrap it up. I'll say one more thing. All I got to say is imagine, bro, it's it's Nickelodeon's all-star brawl, right? Sure. And you're just playing, and they're announcing a new character, and they announce him, right? But then they announce a second character. And it's just, it's silent, but then you hear a distant voice, and all of a sudden, it's Meatwad rolls into battle. Honestly, I would, now I want Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network to work on this as a one franchise thing. (laughs) Make it happen, cartoon peoples. (laughs) Anyway... As always, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave a nice rating and review and subscribe. Download an episode. Give us a listen. If you don't like Apple, uh, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean as well. But Apple, I think, is the best place. And uh, so we'll be back next week for Skyward Sword, I think. Uh, So with that being said, I guess there's not much left to say besides Sega. Sega, please re-release Shadow the Hedgehog. I don't have a TV that I can plug my Wii into right now. Do, do you think the odds of them re-releasing Shadow the Hedgehog are anything? I mean, it's it's Sega. You never know with Sega. They're one of those where I honestly don't know what, what they're thinking at the moment. If it's not zero, it's the same as 100, Sega. Please re-release Shadow the Hedgehog. I really, really want to play it. I really want to play it. I really want to play it. And that the real gauntlet Seven Sorrows was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.